Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us once again. I'm excited to welcome back author Ed Hagem to our progress today. Ed is celebrating a great new book that I think is perfect for all ages, especially young people. It's called The Island of the Four Ps, a modern fable about preparing for your future. We'll talk to Ed not only about what it's been like for him to write this book, but also to now be able to share it with all of you and to see how others are being entertained by it, but also getting the lessons. If you're just hearing about the Island of the Four Ps, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it. Ed, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate you stopping back by. Uh, Cyrus, always good to talk to you. I enjoyed our first meeting. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy this one. Well, I appreciate that. So, Ed, you and I first connected because of the book On the Road Less Traveled, which was your being able to share your own story. I want to begin there because I think it's a great segue to the Island of the Four Ps. What has it been like for you, Ed, to know how you've been able to personally inspire other people in their lives? Well, you know, the book, the book given my life, and I, I, I summarized my life by the fact that no one showed up in my grammar school my high school, my college, or my graduate school <laughs> graduations, there was nobody there. I was an only child. My father was a merchant marine who was at sea all the time, and my mother supposedly had passed away. And so, I, you know, I spent my early life in the orphanages and foster homes and so forth and have, you know, been fairly successful in a number of fronts and being contributing in the business world and also in the philanthropic world, being the chairman of the board of trustees of the University of Rochester. I summarize that by saying I, I arrived in a leather jacket, and 50 years later I was the chairman of the board. But what basically my book tells a simple story. It says anything is possible, especially in America. And also, right. second of all, that education is the solution to either everything or almost everything. And then there's a subtle point in my life is that never be a victim. Because a victim, when you become a victim, you use that energy in the wrong direction, basically. Uh, I, I, you need, need the, extra, the energy to say, what's next? And in my case, you'll see someplace, sometimes my life was my fault, but I wasn't a victim, and I went on to find what's next. And other points were other people's fault or other systems' fault or the company's fault, and I went on to, you know, to find out what's next. And so that, that was sort of summarizes you know, the book to some extent, but it also takes in the, the, the thing that the four Ps takes in. It takes in self, family, work, and what I call community, which is giving back, which is, I think, real, the four parts of life. And, and, Ed, that is such a great point. So getting to the island of the four Ps, you know, one of the, the old sayings we hear is, no man is an island, right? What was it like That's for you right. to show in this new book the importance of working together and knowing that we could accomplish much together? Well, that, that's, what, that's the main theme of the book, basically. It's a conversation that everyone you know, has with, has with themselves. And in this case, or they're with their parents, or with their friends, or their mentors. In this case, I've used a young man who arrives at the island, just like a lot of young people arrive at school for the first time when they're 18 years old, separated from home. And I have an interface with an older man who's essentially uh, a guide 
and it's important that the guide doesn't tell the young man what to do. It just tries to draw, have the young man decide for himself, which sends a message to the reader that everybody is unique. And basically, you have to decide these four Ps for yourself. And so that's really yeah. the... It's an, and it could be considered a conversation with yourself and throughout the whole book, your, your old self and your, your young self talking to each other. But it really is a... It goes through the main questions that one has to ask themselves somewhere in their late teens and early 20s to make decisions. I love that. And one of the, the big lessons that I, that I love this is, is that I think, and this is something we don't, um, we don't think about enough, and it's, it's one of the principles in the book you outlined, Ed, decide what's enough, enough money, possessions, accomplishments, recognition, engagement, and love, and don't pursue more than enough. I, I, I thought about how sometimes we lose our way, and we, as young people, it can happen, but also we as adults. What was that lesson like for you to share in, in, in several ways in this book about finding contentment, finding peace, and finding joy outside of what we have? It's one of the key points. Right? You picked that up, Cyrus. You're very good. <laughs> you picked this point out because what happens when you seek more than just enough, you basically don't spend enough time on the other parts of your life. And I think those yeah. people that, are, you know, that take too much involvement with themselves, then they don't spend enough time on their family. You know, if you spend too much time on your work, you don't spend enough time on your community giving back. And so it's really kind of a juggling act. But what the key to it is make sure you establish what's just enough. And you'll see in my life, I pivoted at 47. You know, and being very poor, you know, and not having any money, their goal was to basically come get financial security. At age 47, I didn't have financial security, but I was pretty sure I'd do okay. So I pivoted away from working for a very large, prestigious company, going back to my real, real passion, which was working with smaller companies, and I went to work as a CEO of a small company, and it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. But I had just enough prestige, just enough money to go on and, and really pursue my true passion, which was to work with a small company and grow a small company. But it, in each one of these cases, just enough is very important and something you have to decide for yourself, what is enough. And I find many of the mistakes that people make in their lives, you'll find them constantly, they spend too much time on, you no, know, making money or or seeking fame, or, or you know, or, or even even in the emotionary world, you can become too involved in giving back. You know, I mean, you can do too much of that, and then your family basically doesn't get the attention it needs. So it's really a juggling yeah. act, and it's very important that just enough is in your mind at almost all times. I love that. Yeah, there's another thing. There's another character in the book, the blacksmith, that I think shares a really powerful lesson. It kind of goes with what we were just talking about, and that is – in the world we live in today, as you know, Ed, you've seen this probably more than I have, people try to skip ahead. And they think, oh, I see someone doing this, so I want to try – forget about the steps they had to take to get there. I want to get there now. The blacksmith shares a very important lesson in the book uh, about the importance of beginning correctly, and, and in, the, in the book's case, beginning with passion. And I want to talk about that because I think that also is a message that, that life is a progression, right, that you can't expect, you know, to get to the finish line with one jump. It really is about going through the steps. What was that like for you to reflect on based on your own life lessons, Ed, the importance of, of not being afraid to, to follow the steps but also to have the patience to follow the journey? Well, that's one of my messages. Cyrus, you're very good again. 
you've gotten one of the key messages is that basically you change over time and your context changes. Yeah. I mean, think of my context. I was born in the Depression. Then I had the Second World War. And then after the, you know, after the Second World War was not an easy time and so on. So, and I changed. So I always say to people, you seek, seek out your passions early. Try to write them down and look at them. And I always kid about this. But my passions, I think passions come really, the first ones you really, real passions are sort of in your late teens when you're in high school. And I had baseball and basketball and math and science and girls. Those were my passions. But as I went to college, those passions changed. And, you know, you have to test your passions. I, I always thought I would be a scientist. And in my sophomore year at college, I tried advanced physics. And I found sure enough that I wasn't going to be a scientist. So if each step, is, you find yourself as you change and your context changes, your passions will change a little bit. Although you'll find some definite passions, as I did, that become very, very, you know, important to you. Like I found a passion in college, which I love putting people together to solve a problem or create a product or, you know, start something new. So I found that management was very important to me. I didn't realize that was a passion until later on after I'd gone to business school. But so there's two things. One, you know, watch how your passions change and, you know, make sure you understand them and how they are different. And also, don't be afraid to test certain passions that you think may or may not be, you know, good for you. And I think I did that constantly almost all through my life. That's one of the messages in the book. I tested international business very aggressively and found that although I thought it sounded good to me, it turned out it wasn't for me. So I think those are yeah. the things that are very important to recognize. It's one step at a time, and you will change. And in today's world, people are living longer. You know, look at my passion today. It's really writing book and books and communicating ideas. That was not anywhere near. When I was an engineer, I could barely write. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love that. You mentioned change. That brings up another great point that's in the book, Ed. And I want to say for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to Conversations Live. Ed Hagem is back with us today discussing his new book, The Island of the Four Peas, a modern fable about preparing for your future. In the chapter, The Village of Plans, one, um, you, you, you talk about change in that chapter. And one of the things that you talk about, Ed, um, is that change is constant and that we have to be able to to move with it. Because you say in the book, in that chapter, observing change enables you to understand your environment as it actually is, not as it may once have been and how it came to be that way. And I think especially for students, it's so important as they evolve and the world changes. Talk to us about the importance it's been for you, Ed, to make sure that you're you are moving with the times, so to speak. That's the saying I think we all say these times, instead of trying to hold on to what was. Uh, it, 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 you, you, you get another major point, great, great point. You know, when I graduated college, well, my, fi- my final exams were all done with something called a slide rule. <laughs> well, I didn't handle within three years after getting out of the Navy, the computer came into the situation, and I had to – I had to go and relearn almost every, every bit of my math calculations by learning how to use a computer. And, of course, when I graduated business school, there was no such thing as the Internet. And if I didn't handle those, just those two major changes in my life, I would never, ever be as close to being as successful as I've been. That's very important. Also, changing and understanding what happens to people. In other words, if you grow up in a period of time like I did with depression and war and so forth, that's totally different than the way the young people grow up today. In the last 40 years, 
except for 9-11, and that was, you know, isolated incident, it's been a pretty smooth ride. And that, that makes a very different sort of context for people. And, and basically, technology has changed almost everything. Think about it. You know, the, the smartphone was in existence 15 years ago. Right. And now everybody right. has to have one. And so I think that and the, the idea that there's so many things on the smartphone today that you have to use. And then, of course, now we have AI coming in, and we're going to have to handle AI. I'm spending a lot of time on AI trying to understand it. And I think that basically is very important. So change, change is one of the is, is, is the constant that one has to worry about. And unfortunately, change is moving even faster than it's ever moved before. In fact, I, I recommend young people, whether they're interested in math and science or not, spend some time understanding how technology has really changed the world. And the changes, the changes which are occurring now have major impact on everything we do. Yeah, I think that is such a, a big thing. And I love the personal nature in the end of the book. Ed, talk to us about what it was like for you to share your how the Island of Four Ps have applied in your life. Talk to us about that reflection for you as you share in the book. Well, I went back. I, I have what I call my yellow pad. My, my children always say, Dad, I know we've got to go back to the yellow pad. I had a, a whole series of pads that I went back and looked at how I made life decisions, how I made changes, and so forth. And as I gleaned out of those, I got the four Ps. Find your passions, find your principles, find your partners. And partners are very, very important in today's world. You know, if you don't have the right – I mean, I found if I had – I was only as good as, as the people I surrounded myself. And then find your plans and write the plans down. And I found that that's exactly what I did, you know, throughout my life. And that I, actually, the book helped me really crystallize that. And I pulled off those, those yellow pads, all of these different passions, principles, partners, and plans that I had, and I wrote them down. So essentially, my personal life is, a, is, a, is a really a, is the fellow in the book, Marketus, is really me. And I'm going through this process when I was 18 years old. And that's why I think I, each of the young people that read it will feel some relationship. In fact, we have a young lady in the book as well. Uh, it's halfway through the book, so we, we get both genders in, into the book. It's important, though, that you recognize very clearly that you have to develop a vocabulary that you speak with yourself with because it really increases your efficiency in making decisions. In other words, if you have the book, a, a drawer in your head with all the passions in it, and you can pull it out and look at it, you can see how they've changed over time. You see, same thing with principles, same thing with partners, and, of course, obviously with plans. And so that, that's a, that's, that is basically my story, and I've used this. And I recommend people do use either some of it or part of it or use it, modify it and use it and see what happens. Ed, have you gotten used to the idea at this point that you are someone who helps people to move? And I think even by getting to the end of the book, The Island of the Four Ps, we see another example of that, that, that you, you – by sharing your story and by sharing what you've done and how embracing change has benefited you and your success, that you're really eliminating the excuses and showing people what is possible rather than them focusing on what they can't do. Is that something that now has become more comfortable for you to embrace? Exactly. At first I was kind of nervous about even being public. As a, as a person on Wall Street for 50 years, I, was, I lived under the mantra of living happy so it didn't. And now I'm out in the open, and, it, and at first it was a little bit scary and maybe nervous, but I have gotten enormously positive feedback. 
I just got a letter from a young lady the other day. She's a freshman at Notre Dame. and said, probably wouldn't have gone to college without reading my book. And one and a letter wow. from another mother saying her, her daughter was confused. And now she's, after reading my book, she's gone. She got to apply to college and she's off to college. So I'm getting very positive feedback from young people. And you're right, there isn't any excuse. If, if Ed could do it, I could do it. And of course, if you read carefully in my book, you realize when I entered high school, I was only four feet 11 and I weighed 80 pounds. So not only did I have other disadvantages, I was a diminutive character as well. And, you know, having gone through the struggles I went through, and, and also I try to pitch people who have difficult backgrounds that some of these difficulties become advantages. I mean, think of how more adaptable I was because I spent 18, I was in 18 to 20 different places before I was 18. I gained adaptability. And I, was like, I said to people, you're lucky that you had this, these problems early on because you become more adaptable, more resilient. You have great creative confidence in yourself and so on. But you're right. You, you said it simpler than I said it. I try to eliminate everybody's excuses and go forward and work hard at it. And I, I have, I, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm going forward because I'm getting feedback from people that it is helping them and it's inspiring them to say, I can do it. And that's very important to me. And in the book, of course, one of the four P's is passion. Um, that is so how is your passion how, how has it evolved over the years well I said first in high school it was it was math and science baseball basketball and girls in college it morphed in, in you know baseball and basketball I mean uh, math and science morphed first into science and then into engineering and finally into chemical engineering and but in my sophomore year my junior year I started a magazine a human magazine and I put 30 people together, and I found out, and I realized later on, it was my very, very, my strongest passion was putting people together to create a product or to solve a problem or to, you know, make, make a difference. And I found inside that passion, what really gave me my kicks was helping people do better than they thought they could, helping them exceed their own expectations. And so that really became my, my passion throughout my business career. And now I, my passion has changed again into putting my ideas down on paper and communicating. So your passion does change, and it changes with, with, with circumstance, with context, and with age. And, you know, in you, when you develop certain kind of passions, and in my book we argue about the difference between passions and principles and what should come first, but with my passions right. I developed certain principles too. And the one principle which fits very well with my passion of helping people was that if you can go almost, you can accomplish almost anything if you don't care who gets the credit. And I put that on my board so that I make it sure when I did something and helped somebody, I made sure that he or she got the credit. And that, it will get, it, that evolved even further into deflecting credit. You want to have some fun time when anybody offers you credit, try to deflect it and say, yeah, I did an okay job, but, you know, Mary or John really was the prime driver or they really helped me or it was really them that made it work. I think that's very important. You'll find out you'll get terrific satisfaction on deflecting credit. So you see how passions merged in and moved on into, into principles as well. And they, they sort of, we, in, in the book, we describe the difference between passions and principles and how sometimes one comes first and one comes afterwards. 
Exactly. It is such a great book. So many great lessons and entertaining as well, Ed, which is why I'm so glad we had you on to discuss it. Again, everyone, Ed Hadram has been our guest. The Island of the Four Peas is his new book, A Modern Fable About Preparing for Your Future, a book that's great for all ages for sure. It is available through our friends at Amazon.com. It is published by Skyhorse uh, Publishing, so you can definitely be able to find out more information on their website as well or your favorite local bookstore too. Ed, how can our audience stay connected with you? Well, you know, my, my website is unfortunately too robust. My publicist has done an outstanding job. You can you can go through that and ask me. You can send me questions if you'd like, or ask me questions, or or Sam through Cyrus here, and I'll, I'll he'll communicate them to me. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you reading the book. If you do, please go to my go to my uh, go to Amazon. Give me a, a, a rating and and a, a slight review. That'll make my publisher happy. Besides that, <laughs> uh, just Reading my book, I'm very thankful that there are so many books being published now. One person yeah. reads my book, I offer you my thanks. But I do believe that if anybody spends the two or three hours reading this book, you'll come away with at least one idea, and that's my goal. It's a modest goal, but the one idea that may help you on that uh, the journey you're on. Love that. Such a great thing. Ed, thank you again. Congratulations, and looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Yes, Cyrus, anytime, and have a great day. And as they say in the trade, may the fourth be with you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that to say with you, Ed, to say with you. Yes. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>